Uh, well, I'm really looking forward to this morning just talking about issues of mental health. And um, uh, early on uh, this week, somebody asked me, they said, uh, Duncan, would you rather live uh, by the sea or in the country? So a little poll, who would rather live by the sea? Hands up. Who would rather live by the country? Ooh, yes, yeah, so good. Well, some of you don't want to live anywhere, but that's fair enough, okay? You don't have to live anywhere. Uh, uh, who would like to live in the city? Oh, shame on you. So anyway, well, maybe I should have said who would like to go to the, on holiday. And, but I, I think what I realised is that there is something about, when I go on holiday, I want to be in these vast open spaces. You know when you sit in front of the sea and suddenly you just think, Oh, you can just see for miles and miles and miles and it's these wide open spaces and everything just sort of like calms down and there's a particular campsite that Jill and I really love going to in France and you can sit outside our little tent, you know, with our little sort of like fire going and you just see the mountains in front of you and there's something of the, the calmness and the goodness of the Lord. And, and I feel in some ways that, I feel that it calms you down when you see those things. Things just slow down because you see the bigness of everything. And I feel in some ways, you know, when we're dealing, we're going to have the next few weeks looking at mental health. And, you know, that's the opposite, isn't it? Sometimes you feel your mind is just scrambled and going everywhere. I personally felt almost this morning that God was saying, look, the more you look at me in the midst of all of this stuff, the more I'm putting you in front of these big, wide open spaces. And when you look at the bigness of God and you allow his light to shine, I think something of God's peace, you know, will, will fall on us again and again. So that's our plan, you know, we're going to look at mental health. I, I trust it's not going to be a really down and, you know, difficult uh, uh, mini-series that we're going to look at. I'm going to, just going to introduce the subject this morning and then we're going to have the next six weeks, uh, we're going to look at a few different areas but uh, firstly, I just want to start by uh, reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 17 uh, to 18. <clears throat> if you want, I'm going to look at Matthew chapter 8, 16, 17, and Matthew chapter 17, uh, just as to lay a foundation for what we're saying. Matthew chapter 6, 17 says this, That evening a lot of demon-afflicted people were brought to him, and he relieved the inwardly tormented and he cured the bodily ill. He fulfilled Isaiah's well-known revelation that he took our illnesses and he carried our diseases. And then in Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 27, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. My father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the son except the father and no one truly knows the father except the son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then Jesus said this, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. The Bible says that Jesus dealt with people who had all sorts of illnesses and every possible affliction. Sometimes they were like demon afflicted, sometimes they were just unwell. And, but it says that, that Jesus dealt with people who were inwardly tormented. And I believe that actually Jesus has a lot to say about mental health. 
And to be honest, I think one of the, the best ways that we can address mental health is by seeing it. What does the Bible say about how Jesus loves to come and work in our, in our minds and in our hearts and in our bodies as well? So we're starting this mini-series, uh, On Your Mind, looking at different aspects of mental health. And we, uh, I, I suppose, why are we looking at this series? Well, I think for many of us it would be fairly self-explanatory at the moment because lockdown and COVID... Let's just say it's been hard. It's been a massive struggle for many, many people. And people of every single background, every sort of like nationality, there is no division on this all, but, but people have been profoundly impacted by being locked away and being isolated and the fear of what is going to happen. And I know people with levels of stress and anxiety and depression and loneliness and not being able to sleep. You know, and we probably, all of us, on some level, have been impacted. And we will all know people, either, we will either know people who've had, like, some significant mental health issues, or it may well be those people ourselves that we have really struggled in these areas. So the first reason that we're looking to do this series is, one, the times that we live in have been quite a challenge. And two, I believe that, that God is calling us to do something in North London and beyond. You know, I do. I, I believe that actually God is engineering us and, and positioning us in a place where actually we can have a, an impact, where we can plant churches across North London and Europe and beyond. And if we want to do that, we need to be healthy. We need to be the people who actually in our minds that we are healthy. So some of the topics that we're going to look at, uh, we're going to look at anxiety and stress. Uh, we're going to look at fear. We're going to look at anger and grief together. Just in terms of grief, that I'm not necessarily saying, you know, we've, many of us will have lost people that we've known. But actually, I know that actually quite a few people are angry because of the year they've lost, you know? And actually, it comes out, it comes out as anger. So anger and grief, we're going to look at doubt, depression, and we're going to look at the future. I just need to let you know, I really, really hope this is not going to be some bleak series where we come away with the, oh my word, I feel worse than I did when I came in. That is not the point. The point is that we want to breathe the life of the Holy Spirit into some of these areas. We want to understand how we can address it. And we want to understand how God can bring healing and life into our own bodies. And also, we want to be the people that can come alongside our neighbours and our friends and our work colleagues and know how we can breathe life uh, into these into these situations one area that i just want to mention really quickly is that i, I do know that there is there's quite a lot of stigma attached to mental health uh, it, these are some of the stats that we just found out um, the vast majority of adults suffer from stress and half of those that say that they would suffer from stress say they stress way too much uh, over half of young people, 56%, suffer from anxiety and depression of some sort. A third of young people suffer moderate or severe psychological disorders and are worried about social isolation. One in four young people have had suicidal thoughts or thoughts of self-harm. And history has shown again and again that mental health issues last much longer than physical health issues. And if we're looking at the health of ourselves or the health of our nation, actually we need to be taking these things really seriously. If you break a leg, 
you're going to go straight to a hospital. Well, actually, no, you're not going <laughs> to. Let me just tell you, you're not going to go straight to a hospital. I was talking to Clive, Clive Sharp from The Well. His son, he has uh, two sons. One of them is called Connor. When Clive and Con when Connor was about 10 years old, they were playing, they were mucking about. Uh, Connor fell down, okay, and he, he said, oh, I hurt my, hurt my arm, Dad. And he said, ah, oh, Clive said, ah, oh, just crack on, get on with it. They went fishing, okay, and then Clive realised that Connor, his son, was doing most things one-armed, like this, you know, and this other arm was sort of like, was flapping about like this, you know, like... And after a while, Clive said to Connor, just get a grip, Connor, come on, you're 10 years old, do something. And then so, I think somebody else said to him, he said, no, I think his arm isn't quite right, you know, like this. So then Clive took Connor off to hospital, and guess what, of course, his arm was broken. Now, the issue was that when, Con when Clive took Connor to hospital, he wasn't filled with shame. Nobody said to him, come on, Clive, get a grip, just pray harder and think positively, then the arm will be all right. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He went, and to be honest, if you're a parent or you're a new parent, that will happen to you. There are more people in the room that that has happened to than you might like to think. When you think, when you think your child, come on, just get a move on, and actually they're at you, they've broken something. But you know, the issue is that if, you, if I cut my leg or if I gashed my arm, I would go straight to the hospital and I'd get stitches in there. And nobody would think any of the worse of me for doing that. But there is a little bit of a stigma sometimes that we need to break down about mental health. That sometimes you think our brains are just another organ of our body and sometimes they get unwell. And so we need to think, how do we heal our bodies? And we need to allow people to have issues of, uh, of mental health and say, no, you are not going to be judged for that, but we're going to work with you. We're going to help you. We're not going to criticise you for taking medication that you need to take. We need to thank God for the NHS. <laughs> we really do. We need to thank God for the way that they serve us and help us in every area of our life, in our physical health and in our mental health. So what we're going to do is we're just going to start by saying uh, that we're going to start this series by saying a short uh, series looking at mental health and five, we're going to have five biblical convictions that should be of, at the core of all our efforts and what we think about in mental health and I just need to let you know first and foremost uh, these five biblical convictions have come from Rick Warren. Now Rick Warren has been he's been very very good and he has some very very good resources we're going to look at one of them a little bit later on. The first biblical conviction that we need to look at when we look at mental health is this if we can go to the next one uh, Steve that'd be great. Oh those are the verses sorry number one Every single person has dignity. Every one of us. Whether we're well, unwell, mentally healthy, or have mental health issues. Genesis 1 verse 27 says this. That so God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. It is true of every single person that we are made in the image of God, that we have dignity. That we made it, we have purpose and we have glory and, and we, we're made for his purpose and for his glory. And if you are alive today, just to let you know, God has a purpose for your life. If you are alive today, God has knitted you together in your mother's womb right from the very first day. No, he knitted you together and he has plans and he has a purpose for your life. Many people know that, that actually one of the reasons that Rick Warren is able to give so much stuff that is helpful for it is that... Um, 
and I think it was about uh, eight years ago, uh, his son, Rick Warren's son, took his own life. He, he'd been struggling with mental illness for all of his life. And this is what Rick Warren described about that process. He said, uh, my son, Matthew, struck, in fact, could you put the next screen up, Steve, is that okay? That can come up. Uh, no, okay, no, no, don't, sorry, go back. Sorry, that's my mistake. Uh, this is what Rick Warren says. My son Matthew struggled with mental illness for 27 years before he lost his battle in 2013. I received probably 35,000 letters of condolences after his passing. Honestly, it was quite overwhelming. But of all the letters I received, it wasn't any from kings or queens and presidents that meant the most to me. The most meaningful letters came from people that Matthew led to Christ. People would tell me, I'm going to be in heaven because your son told me about Jesus. I remember those letters and then writing in my journal, in God's garden, even broken trees bear fruit. If God only used perfect people, nothing would ever get done. God uses all of us in spite of our, trouble, in spite of our struggles. And, and they, I just thought, oh my word, that what he must have gone through to have seen that, you think it's just phenomenal. But when you look through the Bible and you try and see these are the people that had issues of mental health, there's masses of people. You cannot read some of the areas of the Psalms and think, no, David did not struggle with depression at times. It's so clear. It's so clear. So the first point is this, that uh, all of us have dignity. Um, in fact, can you go on to the next one now, Steve? And then the next one? No? Okay, I've missed the, missed the slides of mine. Sorry, just go back to number two, thank you. And number two says this, all of us are broken. The second biblical conviction dealing with mental health is that all of us are broken. Romans 3.23 says this, for there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us is weak, wounded and unwell at some points. Every single one of us have fears and worries and obsessive thoughts and phobias and none of us are perfect, which means that every single one of us, simply we have no choice but simply to come before God and say, God, would you please come and minister into our lives? And that's what we want to do over the next few weeks. Every single one of us are carrying things. We've all got slightly broken arms and sometimes we've got slightly broken things in our mental illness. Uh, mental health and we just need to come humbly say before God please would you come and minister into my life some of our brokenness is visible and some of it is invisible I, I need to you know that you know some of the areas where where personally I have struggled is I think you know we, we all find things that we do that we that don't help our mental health and I know that at times I've put myself under like really bad pressure, like, like unhealthy pressure to be something or to do something. And I remember years ago, you know, particularly with a church, you know, planting the church. I remember years ago when we were meeting in St. James's School in the old, you know, as it was, it was the old building in St. James's School. And I remember sometimes before the service would, would start, I'd go into the toilets and I thought, and I just thought, I'm not coming out. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not coming out because I don't want to go there 
And the amount of pressure that I put myself under to say, oh, unless this number of people are in the room, I failed. <laughs> and I just thought, no, I'm just going to stay here. No one will notice. It will be okay. And then sometimes you just think, oh, my God, I've just got to steal myself to do this. But sometimes it was just ridiculous. And I think that sometimes even now you think, oh, I, I just, can I just stop now? <laughs> and I say to Jill, can I just go and live in the countryside now? You know, can I just go and buy wood and sort of like be this woodman, you know, and just burn wood and cut things down, you know, and, 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 <laughs> and, and look at the bluebells and sort of like take pictures of bluebells and see birds nesting and, you know, see how many, you know, can I just please go and do that, you know, and buy another chainsaw and chop stuff down because trees can hurt you if they fall down but you know it's fairly brutal you know that's just what happened but actually there's something this overwhelming pressure that we're under and i think i've i've had to learn to think i'm going to take that pressure i, I can't do that but it, i need to know you know it's been it's been a struggle actually every single one of us is broken none of us are completely healthy in this area but god wants to come in and minister he wants us to put us in the wide open spaces and say, come, look at me. The third biblical conviction is this, that even though we're broken, we are still deeply loved and deeply valuable. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says this, I have loved you with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And, and I think we just need to know that God has a plan for our lives. And, and sometimes he will adapt the plan to encompass the limps that we carry. But he has a plan for your life. And if we're drawing in breath and exhaling, God has got a plan for you. You are not discounted, but you are deeply loved. I think, you know, God doesn't always love the thing, some of the things that I do. God doesn't always love the, the person that I am but he has deeply loved me and he will never ever stop doing that, not because of anything that I've done, but because of everything that he has done for me. He, he's done it for me. He's laid the foundation. He said, no, I, I've loved you. I will never stop loving you. The fourth biblical conviction is this, that I believe really, really passionately that we get better in community. I suspect that if you struggle with mental health or you've got clear areas of mental health that you struggle with, one of the things that you will be wanting to do more than anything else is hide. I, I believe that. You'll want to just withdraw and it's something to do with that I will feel shame and I'll feel embarrassed. And if you're a little bit more self-aware, you may think this, I don't want to come to church and lie <laughs> to say everything is okay. And you think, I would rather not be compromised like that, I'd rather just stay at home. Now the other solution to that is this, that we build a culture where we say, look, we are all broken and we are all deeply loved and we all come with whatever issues that we carry and we are gonna worship Jesus together. I think isolation is horrendous for people. It is really very, very difficult. And that is one of the 
the great harmful things that has happened during, during lockdown, that we feel I, we've been isolated. But God says this, that it is very, very good to be in community. Let me just read. If you're not really sure about whether God does believe that, here are some things. God constantly reminds us that it's good to be with others. Galatians 6, verse 2, bear with, bear with one another's burdens. Sorry, bear one another's burdens. Romans 13, verse 8 says this, fulfill the law. How? By loving one another. It's very difficult to do that without actually being with people. Acts 2, they were committed to a few things. One of the key things they were committed to? Fellowship. Psalm 122, verse 2 or 1, I rejoice that say, with those who say to me, come on, let's go to church. <laughs> Come on, let's just be there together. Hebrews 10, verse 25, this, if, you, if you're not really doubting it, if you're not really sure about this, it says this, do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Now, I just need to let you know that I, I really believe that the, that the habit of just coming to church every week has been broken. You know, I, I feel really passionate about it and it's not just because of those fears in the past you know thinking oh how many people are going to turn up but I, I, I really believe this that the Bible says it's good to be together there are certain things that we can't do when we're just we're remote and meeting sort of like separately we, we can't do those things we can't eat together we can't share with one another and actually sometimes we can't even work through issues if we're always separated we have, we're, made, we're just made to be in relationship. God is made to be in relationship. God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, they quite liked each other. They still do. They want to hang out. They want to be together with people. And then they liked each other so much that they said, do you know what? Come on, let's make some more people. Let's make some people in our image so that we can enjoy them together. We're made to be together. And I, I need to ask the question, you know, what decisions are, are, are we making right now about meeting together? Because I think there's, there's this real pressure to think, oh, look, do you know what? It's, sometimes it's easier to do stuff like just separated. Sometimes you think, oh, it's better just to be around. You know, we can do stuff. We can meet on Zoom and things like that. But I, I would say, no, for our collective mental well-being, we need to be together. The Bible talks about it all the time. Come, be in the same room. If you're struggling, if you're thinking, I just can't do this, you know, I, I would say come and be in a place of worship and be in the room and instead of seeing lots of people, see, you know, like the vast sea in front of you see the mountains of the goodness of God in front of you and come and be in the presence of worship and you know all these songs that Bryn and Tim led us in they were making us look at Jesus and the one thing that I worried about doing a series on mental health is oh do we just start looking at ourselves and think oh it's all about me I'm really bad and no the whole point is let's lift up lift our eyes look up there look to Jesus and we need to come back and we need to do that together. And, I just need, and the other point is this, that if, you're, if you think, well, to be honest, I am feeling absolutely A-OK -okay at the moment. Not, there's not a hint of illness within me at all. Mentally, I'm bang on it. I, that's fine, I don't need to be there. I, what I'd say to you is this, you need to come into the room and smile at somebody. That's all you need to do. 
Because they need you. If you don't need them, they need you. And the more you realise that they need you, the more you realise actually you need them. That's what church is about. <laughs> so biblical conviction as we deal with mental health is this. We get better together. I don't just want to ask us, you know, what the habits that we're, the, the decisions that we're making about the habits of coming together. The fifth and last one that I've got is this. What isn't healed on earth will be healed in heaven. We keep going and we keep standing along those, those who, who struggle with mental illness because we know that actually this isn't the end. That, that you know, in the end, we, we win. There will come a time when it says in Revelation 21, when it says he will wipe away every tear. He will heal everything. There will come a time when we stand before God with, oh, come on! Every sort of like shade and shackle has gone. And we're able just to be in the presence of Jesus. And I want to, I want to live a little bit in an, if you really want to know, I want to have an over-realised eschatology because I want to see some of that stuff now in my life more and more. I want to live in the goodness of heaven now. I want to lean into that more. See, now this is what God is going to do. Oh, come on, God, just do it a little bit more in our midst here right now. Um, can I just ask a quick... Steve, is, is there a next slide with a little... It is fantastic, brilliant. Just really practically, in a moment, I'm just going to pray. We're going to pray, you know, the, the, that God would come and minister into it, every single one of us. No matter how well we are or how we're struggling... You know, everybody at home, I believe that ministry works, you know, whether we're in the room or not, but it's better to be in the room. But anyway, I believe, <laughs> I believe actually, you know, we, can, we will minister and in a moment I just want to pray for God's spirit to come and fall on us, you know, that we would be well and also because I believe that God has prepared good things for us to do in advance. I believe God's called us to plant churches in North London and Europe and beyond. And he's going to knit us together for it. But just really practically, you know, sometimes the voices that we, we speak into our own lives can be very, very loud. And this is, Steve, if you could put the next one up, that'd be really helpful. This is a, a little diagram that's come from hopeformentalhealth.com. I really encourage you to go and look at it. And sometimes we, we would say these phrases, you know, if you can see the little phrase just above, it says, uh, you, might, you might say these things to you. I don't matter. You might say, I don't fit in. You might say, I just want to give up. Or you might say, I feel useless. Or you might feel, say to yourself, I hate myself. And it's just a really helpful little wheel. And sometimes we need to counter the lies, you know, that we, we speak over ourselves. And we just need to say, instead of that little voice that says, I hate myself, I don't fit in, nobody likes me, I, I've got no purpose, I don't matter. What we need to be saying is, no, these are the things that God's truth. And it was really helpful. We just, somebody pointed this out to me, and it's a wheel that you can just go around and you say, you know, I don't matter, no, I have a purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And you can read Jeremiah 29, verse 11. You don't fit in, no, actually, you need to speak over yourself. You do fit in. And you read Romans 12. And I think what I'll try and do is I will email that out to the church, that diagram and that link, just so you can see it. And if you struggle, if you say some of those things over your own life, print it out and put it on your fridge or put it somewhere. Speak the grace of truth 
over your own lives. Could I just ask us in the room, could you just stand with me and we're going to pray. And Bryn, could we come back? Yeah, and Tim. <coughs> We're just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. If you're sitting at home, if you're sitting in your car watching this service, hopefully not while you're driving, but you're watching on your phone. If you're you're in the room, if you're watching it as a record, the power of the Holy Spirit wants to come and minister to us. And a verse that, that I've loved for 30 years is found in Ephesians 2, verse 10. And it says this, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good, good works that is prepared in advance for us to do. This morning you need to know that that you are God's workmanship. He knitted you together. We live in a fallen world and so we're broken and we're tainted by sin and despair. But God brings his kingdom into our lives now. And Holy Spirit, I just invite you to come and minister to us. I pray for one truth from this morning to settle in each of our hearts. Holy Spirit, we pray. Holy Spirit, Father, thank you. I pray for every single one of our minds that you would bring your healing power, that lies that have been spoken over us would be gone. Pressure and stress would be lifted. As we look to you, Jesus, you would come and minister to us. And I feel it in a moment when Bryn and and Tim Tim lead us, it's not going to be like a a song to finish the service, as it were, because that's a neat way of doing it. But I feel there's going to be, I don't even know what song we're going to sing, but I'll leave that to you, okay? <laughs> Just make it Jesus-focused, please. <laughs> I feel... <laughs> quickly change. <laughs> but it's, it's not going to be this sort of like, you know, the neat and tidy way to wrap everything up. But I believe that as we worship, I just invite you to open your hands like this. There's nothing magical about doing it, but I think there's something about our bodily, bodily posture sometimes that is significant. And wherever you are, if you, even if you're sitting at home, just open your hands. And we say, Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. More of you, we pray. <laughs> More of your grace, more of your kindness, more of your healing power. 
Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. We, Lord, we, we want to come to you and we say, Lord, forgive us for when we've judged people for carrying wounds from the past. Forgive us, Lord, when we haven't come alongside and just offered friendship. Lord, forgive us for times when we, we haven't really come to you first. But we say now, Holy Spirit, would you, would you come and minister again? Would you come and minister into my life, into our lives? We say, Lord, help us to be a church that is, Lord, that is able to deal with these issues with honesty and integrity. Because, Lord, we know that you've, you've put a call on our lives. You've put a call on our lives to do things, but we want to do it in a way that we're trusting in you. In God's kingdom, even broken trees bear fruit. Father, thank you.